Hi, everyone. This is Eric Martin from the band Mr. Big, the handsome one that stands right in the middle. That's me. And you're listening to Music Mania Podcast. Thank you so much, man. I, I love talking about the things that I love, Clint. And for you to allow me to do it with you, uh, I am the Music Mania Podcaster. You are the best. You got the best. We roll tonight to the guitar fight. And for those about to rock, I salute you. You ready for some screaming heavy metal? Scream for me, Brazil! Scream for me, Brazil! We rock! You are now listening to the Music Mania Podcast. Brought to you by CD Warehouse in Gladstone, the number one hard rock podcast in the Midwest, featuring hard-hitting interviews with rock's living legends. And now, here's your host, Clint Schweitzer. Guess what? It's another beautiful Friday here on the Music Mania Podcast, and unfortunately for all of you, everyone's working for the weekend. That's right, because we are bringing on a very special guest this week in Mike Reno, the singer from Loverboy. We're going to be talking about the genesis of the band, the band's very first show opening for Kiss in Canada, just how this pandemic has affected them and their live shows. Also, just how important were those soundtracks for the band in the 80s? You think about Loverboy, Mike Reno did an amazing duet with um, Ann Wilson for the soundtrack for Footloose. Uh, The song was almost paradise. Still played to this day. You think about uh, Loverboy, I Can See the Heavens in Your Eyes from Top Gun. They even had a song on the Iron Eagle soundtrack. You think about some of those early albums, Loverboy, Get Lucky, Keep It Up, Loving Every Minute of It. Those were staples in the 1980s, and we're going to be talking with Mike Reno about all things Loverboy right here on the Music Mania podcast, and we hope that you guys are doing great and that a tremendous Labor Day weekend is on the horizon for all of you, kind of the last weekend to get out, enjoy some sunshine, because the fall weather is here. The NFL season is starting next week, so we're going to jump headfirst into fall, but we got one more weekend of summer, and we're going to celebrate it in style, and we hope you guys are going to be doing it as well. As always, head over to our website, Music Mania podcast podcast.com. You can download this podcast, of course, always for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify. Anyway, you choose to take in your podcast. We have got your back. Guys, this is an interview. I am so excited about Mike Reno, a tremendous voice. He still has that voice. Even at age 65, Loverboy is still out there doing 50, 60, 70 shows a year up until this pandemic. We're going to get into it with Mike about that. What his stance is, on all these shows being canceled and postponed and kind of where he is uh, with his mindset on that and what kind of what they've been up to. I know they have recorded some new music, which is available on their website, loverboyband.com. Overall, I'm an unabashed fan of Loverboy and have been since uh, since I was a kid, since I really heard those soundtracks. I was always such a big soundtrack fan in the 80s. I mean, I was born in 1984, so by the time I'm five, six, seven years old, you know, I'm seeing movies like Footloose and Top Gun and those songs, you know, Almost Paradise from Footloose. They had I Can See the Heavens in Your Eyes. Such a fan of that. Then you think about the hits. Everybody's working for the weekend. Turn Me Loose, The Kid Is Hot Tonight. Loving Every Minute of It. Lover Boy, again, were such a driving force in the 80s, and I can't wait to speak with Mike Reno. So without further ado, let's go ahead and welcome Mike to the Music Mania Podcast. Mike, welcome to the show. It is a true pleasure, my friend. How is everything going? Music Mania Podcast, <laughs> that sounds great. I'm glad. Oh, that... <laughs> Mike Reno, 
it, it, it was a name that, uh, you know, I thought, hey, you know, I want to be able to incorporate a lot of different types of music. You don't want to call it the hair metal haven or something like that that kind of limits you. So here yeah. we are, Mike, you know, how, I, this is a loaded question. Usually this is a, a simple way to start things off, but how, how's it been going? How, how, what have you been up to? How have things been going for you, man? Well, first off, Clint, I got to ask you where you're from. Like, where, where are you called? Where am I calling to? This is Kansas City, Missouri. Did you say Houston? Uh, Kansas City, Missouri. Did we lose you, Mike? You there? Did we lose you? I'm here. Oh, yeah. No, we still got you. Um, yeah, we're in Kansas City here. Kansas City, one of my favorite places. Well, you know, um, we the year started off pretty well for us, Mike. We did win a Super Bowl here to start this to start 2020. And then, and then things sort of diminished from there. But yes, it's uh, overall a, a nice place to be for sure. So, <laughs> absolutely. So, what, what, how's how, how have you been, man? How's how, I know Loverboy. I mean, you guys do eighty, ninety, a hundred tour dates a year. How, how many how many tour dates did you have affected here this year? About eighty five of them. We yeah. did, I think, ten, twelve shows, and then uh, it was over. We last played in Vegas. It was a really fun trip. We noticed that people were getting a little funny, and then all of a sudden, we, when we flew back uh, to where we're, we're from, actually Vancouver, which is in Canada, they shortly thereafter <laughs> closed the borders, and we felt lucky to get home, and the whole thing just opened up. And you know, at first, nobody really knew what was going on. You know, so it was a bit nervous, nerve-wracking. Absolutely, that's kind of what this this new song we released is about, partially. Uh, but anyways, the the whole thing just struck us as like the completest, it's like a Twilight Zone series. It's like, are you kidding me? Like, really? And we don't really, um, we don't really do well with that. I mean, we can't have people in the room. You can't touch people. You can't talk to people. You can't leave the house. It's like, give me a break. I imagine it's the same for you guys out there. Yeah, yeah, sadly it is. And, you know, this it, it trickles down, Mike. I mean, we, we, um, cover about you know anywhere from 40 to, to 60 shows a year you know for our website and things like that and and so you guys can't work we can't really work uh, your road crew can't work your publicist I mean it, it trickles down and that's where I think it's really you know people forget that there are so many people involved in, in the music industry and it's just really unfortunate so what I mean but you guys tell us about the new song because you've released that you've always been so general generous releasing songs on your website for fans to enjoy Tell us about this and kind of if, uh, you know, due to COVID, you maybe had more time to, to work on some music or how did it all come about? Well, here's the, the, the thing with this song is uh, Paul and I worked on it together. Um, we came up with everything and I sang it and it was him and I were working on the songs as we do a lot of times. And we hadn't, we were working on it for an event for JDRF, which we've been involved with for the last 15 years helping raise money for uh, research for juvenile diabetes, which is a big deal uh, for, for us. For In our particular case, our guitar player's son had juvenile diabetes at the age of three, which kind of changed his whole life. And if you listen to the lyrics with that in mind, you'll realize that the song was kind of written for about that, but it, it kind of morphed, or morphed rather, into <laughs> what's happening today because the title, Give Me Back My Life, is pretty ap apropos for what's happening right now around the world. You know, people just want their lives back, you know, go back to normal, you know, back to work, back to concerts, back to the, the, the supermarket, you know, all the kinds of things, coffee shops, workout rooms. It's like, we got to be careful right now, but people, 
when we wrote it, it was it was for JDRF uh, to raise money for their. We do it every year uh, in Vancouver. Usually, sometimes we switch it up and do it in Calgary or Toronto or something. But generally, it's something that we like to do for these these kids with diabetes. And uh, the song we just donated it to them and let them use it uh, in a demo form. And then we we decided to maybe release it. Uh, you know, for the Loverboy fans. So we redid a lot of the tracks. We had uh, our drummer put the drums on. We did everything. And the, the only difference about the way we did it this time is we had to do it virtually, which, you know, a lot of people don't understand, but we had to email tracks to our drummer who drummed on them. And he emailed tracks back to us. And then we emailed the tracks over to our bassist uh, who lives in Winnipeg. And he did the bass track, and he ma- emailed it all back to us. And then we emailed it over to our keyboardist, who lives close to me, but still emailing seems to be the best way to do this. <laughs> and then he emailed it all back to Paul, and he put his, Paul put his harmonies on it, and he redid the guitar solo or something, and then mixed it. And when he played it for me, a mixed version of it, I went, this is fantastic. I mean, we should, we should throw this on our website. And, you know, nowadays you don't really make a lot of money selling records, so we might as well give it away and feel like the hero. <laughs> I feel good about giving it away. It makes me feel like I've done something nice. And then people get to hear Loverboy music, and it's current. You know, it's like what we're doing now. So that's kind of how it all came about. And um, we feel, uh, you know, like we're going to do another one pretty soon. We're going to start recording another one pretty soon. We can't really go anywhere, so we're kind of frustrated. I imagine everybody in the music business is. Well, you know, do you, and there was so many artists have um, have been recording this way through this time. Is it something that you kind of enjoyed, the convenience of it? Is it and is it something you kind of would do in the future, even if you are able to kind of get back together? What, what, what was your thoughts on just the, the process of, of making music that way, or did it kind of seem impersonal to you? but it is very convenient. Um, I kind of like it, except I really used to enjoy sitting in a room with a bunch of guys trading off ideas and, and you know, talking about the bass track and the, the drum stuff and how it feels and the guitar, how he's playing it and then singing it and melodies and stuff. We used to do that in a room together and it was, uh, you know, quite an experience. It was, you know, at least 50% of my music enjoyment was recording. Um, maybe... I enjoyed live music maybe a little bit better. But, you know, the live experience is just such a treat. And we've been doing live shows for so long that it's just, I'm in like this withdrawal system. I, I'm kind of freaking out. I don't even know if I can do it anymore. I've been waiting six months. I'm going, geez, I can't do it. I don't, well, will I be able to, you know, I'm freaking out a little bit. You know, stand on stage and power out a two-hour show. It's going to be a, you know, it's going to be an eye-opener. But I'm really looking forward to coming back. And I hope it, we come up with some kind of a, uh, you know, of the system to to get away, to scare away this uh, <laughs> this, this horrible flu we've got. Because um, I want to go in a room with five thousand people again. You know, that's what I that's what I really want. Recording is one thing, and generally, even if we do do that virtual thing, Paul and I generally always get together in the same room and come up with lyrics and you know, sing it. I'll sing it live with him in his studio, and then uh, leave it with him, and he'll put all the rest on it, and. Then, put some harmonies and send me, say, what do you think? And I'll say, I think the harmonies need to come up. You know, so it is convenient that way. We live in the same city, but he's way across town and I'm down by the beach. And it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's not bad. It's, it's not what I prefer. I sure. prefer to be in a room with all the fellas well, kicking some ass. 
Well, Mike, I know you've got some uh, some tour dates that are still on the books uh, for November. As I mean, as of now, still on, still hoping. I mean, kind of what's the, it's uh, St. Charles, Illinois, and then uh, there in Canada and Windsor on the 19th. So is that still happening as of now? Well, Clint, let me tell you this. I just turned on my email. Uh, one, two, three shows were canceled today. Wow, okay. You know yeah. So this is what happens every day. It's like, good morning, have a cup of coffee. <laughs> oh, there's three wow. shows canceled today. And then tomorrow is going to be the same thing. Wow. Um, the shows in October are starting to get, and a lot of them aren't even canceled. They're postponed for the exact same time next year, which I think is kind of cool. At least it makes you feel confident that you've got something to do next year, right? Um, but a lot of these places are fantastic places that we used to love to go to, and uh, we can't wait to get back. And I understand that the uh, Acadia place, uh, I think, what's it called, Arcadia? Yeah, Arcadia. Place the, in yeah, Illinois. great venue, too, yeah. And I think they, they took the time of during the COVID uh, shutdown to rebuild the place because it was a funky old place, my friend. <laughs> yes. I mean, it was very cool, but the dressing room situation downstairs was a little on the funky side, if you get my drift. <laughs> but the concerts were always so great. I mean, it was just a really fantastic place to play. And we loved it. And we're looking forward to coming back. And here's another. So they didn't cancel. They postponed it. They said, we can't have more than 50 people in the room. So let's put it off until we come up with some solution to this virus. Oh, my gosh. Well, uh, we certainly hope that's the case. I mean, does it, you know, before before March and when things were still normally functioning, did does it shock you in any way? Or do you think back to... 40 years ago, uh, you guys you guys start, and the fact that 40 years later, there's still such an appetite for Loverboy music, whether it be at a casino, a festival, you guys go out there and people know all the songs, they know, the, they, they, they know them like the back of their hand, and there's still such an appetite for it. Does that shock you? Does that kind of you know, give you feelings of gratitude? I mean, what, what do you think about when you think about those 40 years? I'll give you an example. I like listening to music. I like listening on good stereos. I like listening to it loud. So, and I even like listening to it when I'm golfing. I take a Bluetooth device. So I'm sitting there playing golf the other day, which is something I haven't been able to do for a long time. And so I decided to get back at it because what else is there to do? And on comes Foreigner. And Foreigner's kicking butt. And they sound great. The song was recorded in the 70s. You know, feels like the first time. Unbelievable. I mean, I I said to myself, I like to sing like that guy someday. You know, I, I, and then on comes Bad Company, then on comes Def Leppard. You know, it's just one after the other. Thirty Eight Special, Night Ranger. They're just kicking all these songs coming on this eighty podcast, which I think is a spot. Oh, there's Loverboy has a, has a Spotify channel, and we we play all the groups that we've known and loved and played and played with over the years. And it's still they stand the test of time. They sound great. They're arranged great. Uh, everybody loves them. And you know, I'm golfing with guys that are love country music. A lot of these guys, and they we put on the '80s channel, the Loverboy Spotify thing, and they just go crazy. They go, this, "I remember this one. I remember this one. I remember this one." I don't think they're ever going to go away. I think the '80s and, and '90s, even '70s, '80s, '90s, you know, in particular, this music. Well, I guess we could say it about the '60s too, for crying out loud. We had the Rolling Stones and the Beatles, the Kinks, and I mean, on and on and on. But the music just is good. It's just fantastic. And I think it's just going to go forever. I do. I do. I I agree with you there. I love that. And I love, for me, I found out about Loverboy. See, I'm 36. So I grew up watching movies of the 80s. I grew up watching Footloose and Top Gun, Iron Eagle. You guys are, you know, you uh, on Footloose, uh, Almost Paradise, and of course, Heaven in Your Eyes from Top Gun. How how big in the 80s were, were the soundtracks? 
for you for you i mean w w was that did that kind of take you to another level you had hit records going at the same time but how big were the soundtracks well here's the deal it's kind of funny because paulie i remember when i when i got asked to do uh, almost paradise it was uh, they wanted me to you know to do the track so it would be like a, a solo Mike Reno thing, which I hadn't done before. N nobody in the band had done anything other than with Loverboy. And Paul came to me saying, you know, Mike, I think this is really going to be bad for our career. And I said, well, tell me what, what you're thinking, Paul, because Paul and I are very good friends. We started this band, and we're still very good friends. So I politely said, well, what do you think? He said, man, that's like a love song, you know, and we're like, we're like a rock band. And I said, okay, check this out, Paul. You know, just between you and I, I said, if this song is lousy and the movie's lousy and it all goes away, <laughs> then nobody's going to hear it and who cares? It just drifts off into the no nowhere land, you know, like a bad single. He goes, yeah. And I go, but if it's a hit, it's just going to sell millions of records. People are going to go go see the movie. They're going to hear the voice. They're going to say, that's the guy from Loverboy. Everything's a bonus. It's a plus plus situation. And he went, oh. Hey, you got a good point there. So I ended up doing the song, and fantastic! It went, it went huge. And I mean, I think the album sold twenty-seven million copies or something. Yeah, like that. it was like crazy. And you know, I get my numbers wrong sometimes. I, I tend to exaggerate. But <laughs> my wife said I start, I started exaggerating six million years ago. <laughs> it's, it's part of it. I mean? And then the next thing comes along, and it's another movie, and another movie, and everybody wanted eighties uh, rock and stuff in in these movies. And I thought, well, why not? And it, I think it's been good for everybody, you know. Uh, how about Mr. Loggins? Kenny Loggins, <laughs> right. I mean, he just, you know, they, you know I, just, I don't know if you heard the story about Kenny Loggins, but they had uh, a soundtrack for, I think, uh, one of the big movies he was in. Um, help me out here. Top Gun, Footloose. They said, come on in, and we got this, we got this demo track. And there were 16 singers that had already been through the studio that week. And Kenny just said, he started singing it, and they just went, yes, you're the guy. You know what I mean? They just found this guy and his voice and his style. And it was like, boom. So he sang this song, and then next thing you know, it's the number one movie. I mean, God, this happened to him. It happened to me. Um, and it happened to him a few times. Yeah. I'm talking about Kenny Loggins. He's been in a few of those things a lot more than I have. So we tended to uh, think differently about it. At first, we were a little apprehensive about doing it. And then we said, why not? I mean... It's just if it's a fantastic movie, it'll just be great. Everybody wins, and if it's not a great movie, it just disappears. And um, I've done a few that disappeared. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and that's okay too. So maybe they all they remember is that's the okay. is the music. Yeah, exactly. And there's people that don't even realize Kenny Loggins had a prolific career aside from just doing Danger Zone from Top Gun and Footloose, which is incredible. But my I know, I know. You remember Loggins and Messina? Of mean, course. Way back. These guys were of course. Yeah, um, These guys are fantastic. Mike, I'd always heard a story. This is you can uh, sum it up for us right here. You can get the the truth out because I've always heard that 1979, your first show, your first show was opening for Kiss. Um, t take us through that. What happened? I believe there was some band that couldn't get their visas or something, and you guys are thrust into it, and you didn't even have a bass player. Is that is that about the gist of it? <laughs> well, that's that's the gist of it, but. It's actually a very good story if you care to hear it. I absolutely do. <laughs> we were just living in Vancouver doing demos, uh, trying to support ourselves, playing a few nightclubs. We were hoping to find a bass player, so we had bass players sit in here and there. 
we had a bass player in mind, but he was busy. He wanted to finish the last quarter of university kind of thing. And then we kind of asked him if he wouldn't mind coming. And so he would actually have to quit university, you know, before he completed, completed the whole thing, which is, you know, a big ask. So we were baseless. Um, we had Matt, we had Paul, we had me, we had Doug. And visiting with us and working in the, uh, in the rehearsal hall was uh, Jim Clinch from April White. He was a friend, friend of ours who was nice enough to sit around and, and, and play some songs with us. You know, we were even considering him for, for a long while, but we didn't want to break up April Wine, one of Canada's best bands, <laughs> you know? So we, we just enjoyed the fact that he was there. And we get a call one day that says, what are you guys doing? I said, we're just in a practice hall. This is Bruce Allen calling me. He goes, well, get ready. Get, get all your stuff together. Get over to the Coliseum. You're playing tonight. We went, we're what? He says, you're playing tonight. He says, we're playing where? He says, you're playing in the Coliseum. You're warming up Kiss. And we went, God, are you kidding us? You know, and we were, you know, it's not nosed at this time. We didn't have it together. We just had some songs. And we had a bass player who only knew the song if he came up beside him and went, doom, 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 doom. <laughs> you know, you had to actually <laughs> sing the opening line to him you know, before he would uh, he would know the, the song. And, you know, think about that for a second. He looked at, we start the song with the, with the hi-hat. He looks over, over at me like a deer in the headlights, like you see the fright in his face. And he was frightened because he didn't know what was next because right after the hi-hat comes the bass. And I yeah. walked over to him. And this is in front of the whole crowd, sellout crowd at the Coliseum, 18,000 people. And I went to his ear and I went, doom, 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 doom. And he casually walked away. <laughs> and it brought to him that he remembered what he was supposed to play. I mean, that's how crazy it was. We, we'd never had a show before in front of that many people. And we never even had a bass player. Now, the band that was supposed to be there was the New York Dolls. That's right. And yes. The word on the street is that they wouldn't let the New York Dolls into Canada because they had too many drug arrests amongst them. <laughs> and when they looked them up at the border, they went, nope. You're not coming so in, perfect. Boys. Not today. And that was, the, that was the, the whole story. And, you know, from our point of view, I remember walking off the stage and Bruce Allen looked at me and he says, you ever pick up that goddamn tambourine? You play it, mother. You play it. <laughs> and I just picked it up as a, as a prop. I don't even play tambourine. You know what I mean? And I, you know, I was so nervous. But I really, I honestly, I hardly remember anything about the show after that. That's how, how nerve-wracking it was. Well, uh, the cliche baptism under fire doesn't quite uh, even sum that one up. But, uh, Mike, I mean, you guys go on from right – just talk about kind of that era in 80 to 84. Because, I mean, th you guys did so many countless tours, hundreds of shows, bands with ch like Cheap Tricks, ZZ Top, Kansas, Def Leppard. You guys were everywhere. What, what was that time like for you guys? Or, or, or do you not – or is that kind of a blur as well? <laughs> no, well, you know what? The 80s in general – for us, to be honest with you, I was talking to somebody today about it in my in my uh, in my back in my garage. I, I was out sweeping the back, yeah. and I just did something to do this morning coffee. And I ended up telling the guy a story exactly about this. We were lucky enough to have a manager who knew one of the biggest promoters in the United States, Don Fox from Beaver Production. Don Fox had helped CC Top get going. He helped a lot of bands get going. Uh, one of the bands he was promoting and, and for all the, for a tour all, all over the place um, was Kansas. And I went, Kansas, I love Kansas, because, you know, Steve Walsh is one of my favorite singers. And the band is, is incredibly talented, uh, the whole band. I mean, it's a fantastic unit. They're, they're 
Lawrence, Kansas, um, in a in a couple of cars, rental cars, and we're driving from show to show in these rental cars. You know what I'm saying? Like we're freaking out, and we got a crowd watching us every night. And we just walked up there and gave it to them, and we started getting encores, and people loved it. Next thing you know, we're doing radio interviews at the radio station. Uh, for the next town that we're in, we get there early, go do a radio show. Uh, we talk to some news people. You guys are the new kids on the block kind of vibe. You know, like, who, who are these guys? And so we really worked. So we just worked. Work, 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 work. We weren't on stage. We were on the highway. If we weren't on the highway, we were in the radio station. So, you know, people say, you know, what was it like? It wasn't like handed to us. We had to go out there and do it. And every night we had to prove ourselves because you're only as good as your last show. And that's the truth. And that still resonates today. And you guys are still putting on top-notch performances. Your voice is still incredible, Mike. I applaud you for that. You're taking care of, of that because that's something that, you know, maybe it's natural, maybe it comes easy, but not everybody at your age still has, has the voice that can carry, like you said, a two-hour show. It's still in great shape, man. Stop, Clint. You stop. Uh, I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate that. You know what? I, I, a lot of people say well, the group sounded better, and I tell them, it might be because we've been playing this, this set for 40 years. Right. I mean, we had a new song here and there, but the, the, the basis, almost the entire set is like from 40 years ago. You know, if you're not going to learn those songs by now, <laughs> you know, and singing it isn't easy. I mean, it, it, I have to work up to it. I have to, you know, get ready for it. I, I'm kind of like a gunslinger. I lay my clothes out on the bed. I have a hot shower. I start warming my voice up. I iron my clothes. Put them all out. I get dressed. I walk out of the room. I'm ready to. I'm ready to have a gunfight. You know what I mean? That's that's the way it is with me. I prepare all day for these shows, and then we hop in the car, or get to the airport, go to the next town, and we do it all over again. And we're still doing it. And we sure hope that continues on into the into the future, Mike. I tell you what, we can't thank you enough for joining us, guys. The the website is loverboyband.com. That's where you can get all the new music, all the tour dates when they get rescheduled and things like that be sure to check that out lover boy on facebook and twitter mike you are truly one of my favorite singers of all time thank you so much it's really means the world man we really appreciate it thanks kid you're great rock on brother absolutely hope to see you soon out there man we're gonna make it happen okay man <laughs> thank you big thanks to mike reno that was tremendous i have tried to get that interview for years Whenever I started doing this, I started putting together a short list of bands and, and performers that I wanted to try to interview that were attainable. And Mike Reno was on that list, and it's taken about five years. And it finally worked. Big thanks to him for doing it. What a great personality. I, I can't believe it's taken this long, and I hope it's not another five years before we have Matt, Mike back on the show because he is uh, really tremendous and such a great voice and wildly influential. So glad that the band is still alive, still out there. Even at age 65, Mike Reno still sounds tremendous. So go check out their website, loverboyband.com. You can get all the information on uh, their upcoming shows as they're being rescheduled and things like that, and their new music, which you can always check out on their website. They're very fan-friendly in that regard. So guys, as we bid adieu to the summer of 2020, let's remember this. We will never have another summer quite like this one because it's my firm belief that by the summer of 2021, we're going to be back outside, back going to live shows, concerts are going to return, things are going to get back to somewhat of a level of normalcy. That's my hope. I'm an optimistic person. I think we're going to get there, guys. It's uh, It's been a long time coming. It's been a tough several months, let's be honest. But guys, 
we got the NFL coming back next week, college football coming back at the end of September. Things aren't all bad. We're going to go into the fall months. We're going to get into Halloween, some cooler weather. We're going to get into some bonfires, hoodies, haunted houses. Things aren't all bad. We always appreciate your guys' support here on the Music Media Podcast. Thank you so much. We're going to be back next week. The interviews are piling up for us once again, and I appreciate it so much. We're going to have some tremendous interviews on the horizon, including former DO, current rating the rock vault guitarist, Rowan Robertson, Frank Stallone coming up here on the Music Mania Podcast. So much on the horizon. Thank you guys so much. Again, hit us up at our website, musicmaniapodcast.com, and download the podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. It's all right here on the Music Mania Podcast.